Good morning. How is everybody today? Good? Okay. Tried this at Overflow last week. Do you know what I'm doing here? No. Last week we went to a Garth Brooks concert, and all he did was like that, and the crowd went crazy. It didn't work at Overflow either for me. My finger must not be loaded this morning or something. I don't know. But he did a really good job. Uh, 290,000 reasons. Pastor Bob began a couple Sundays ago talking about our mission focus for 2015, which is to reach out to the areas around Clearfield County. Clinton County, Indiana, Jefferson, Huntington, those areas. And we, I, I guess a, a few months ago, well, it's longer than a few months ago now, uh, they came to me and asked me if I would take my turn coming up here uh, telling you my story. And I said, sure. And as I thought about it, I'm not going to tell you about my story. I'm going to tell you about our story, Angel's story, Jack's story, my story, and how some of you and most of you have affected that story. Uh, 290,000 reasons. Now, we think about what will it take to reach 290,000 people in our area? What, what, what kind of what tools are we going to need? What's that going to take to reach 290,000 folks? I believe it's going to take people serving God. And, and serving God through serving others. How do we do that? How do we begin to serve God? Well, we need people, and we need people being obedient to God. And that's just a thought. Serving God. How do I go about serving God? First of all, I think I have to get over something. I don't know about you all. But what did it take for me to begin to serve God? What, what was holding me back from serving God? And I'll tell you the two things that were holding me back. One was fear. What do I mean by fear? I had a fear of not knowing enough. A fear of not being knowledgeable enough to serve God by reaching out to folks who were lacking God. I do safety training, and I'm very knowledgeable on the rules and regulations and safety. And I never felt really the, the power or the, 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 you know, what I do for a living is, is so much different than, than coming up here and talking in front of people. I speak in front of hundreds of people at a time. But with those folks, I'm talking about safety. And what I've begun telling them this year is realizing that nothing in here, what I'm telling you today, is going to save your life. We can have safety class 20 hours a week. That's not going to save your life because in the end, you're going to die. You're going to be dead, except for if you have Christ in your life. 
I had to get over that fear of not knowing enough. Because we're talking about reaching out to people. We're talking about something that's more important than living on this earth. We're talking about eternal souls. And that's important. I had to get over that fear of not knowing enough. But the biggest thing I had to get over was selfishness. I had to get over my own selfishness. If I had to ask you to list out your goals today, what would they be? If you had to list out your goals, or if you were to list out your goals, what would they be for this week? What would they be for this year? What would they be for this next decade? What would they be for your life? What are your goals? And I'll tell you that I've had goals throughout my life, and they've changed throughout my life. Uh, just before last week, when I, or two weeks ago, I spoke at, uh, help me out here, Beach Creek. Thanks, Scott. I left on a trip to New Mexico. Now, my goal was to reach this area right here. Right outside of Gallup, New Mexico, there's a little town called Grants, New Mexico. And waiting for me there in Grants, New Mexico, were 500 miners that I was going to safety train. My goal was to reach those people and then make it back by Sunday morning to talk at Beach Creek Church. And I had some, that was my main goal, but I had some other little goals along the way. When I left Pennsylvania and I drove, now you can see a direct line from Pennsylvania to Grants, New Mexico goes something like this. My line went something like this. I drove to Mason City, Iowa, because I had a, I guess, a a, a sub-goal there, and that goal was to meet with a client that has been a client for years, and I needed to spend some time with them. And so I, I made that stop along the way. And then my next connection was we, we, we drove from uh, Mason City to Gillette, Wyoming, to look at office space. Uh, we're going to open up an office in Gillette, so I wanted to go out there and, and check the office space out. So that was another goal. And then you can see the direct line from there to here is straight down, but there's another leg of the journey that I went on. I went out of my way probably another six hours uh, to reach a little town called Cody, Wyoming, because one of my goals there uh, was to, one, see scenery like this. There's some beautiful mountains out there that I love to to cross every time I get close. There was also uh, a beautiful fishing river, Uh, so I, I took a day to fish. You guys think I'm, oh, look at Sam, he's out working all the time. Mm hmm. That's what I'm doing. So I, I took a day, a day and a half, to do some fishing. And then I could have went down the main road here, but I chose to go another route, which was over the mountains, which took me out of my way by another six hours because I wanted to see uh, more scenery like this, and I wanted to see uh, animals like this, and we saw so many. We, we, I, I, we quit counting after the first 2,000, and we didn't even count 2,000. And then, once I reached this destination right here, I realized 
once I got in front of those folks and I was training them, that that wasn't my main goal at all. My main goal was actually to get back to this little town called Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Because what I missed most, and my, my goal was to get back to my kid and to get back to my wife, because of all the scenery and all the things I see, uh, this is probably the best yet. And that's the, the scene out my window. But you see, I had a lot of goals, but I, I completely lost focus on what the main goal was. And the main goal was getting home. And, sometime, and I got sidestepped along the way. I want to tell you about my experience at Hyde Wesleyan Church. When we first came to Hyde, Angel and I and Jack, uh, we were looking for a church. I will tell you that we were not leading a Christian life. Far from it. And things began to happen, and we knew we needed to get into a church. So we searched for a church, and we visited numerous places. Never made a connection at any of those churches. Not once. We attended one church for almost a year before anybody spoke to us. We attended that church for a year. A year and a half after we left that church, we got a connection card in the mail. I wanted to know who we were. So, yeah, we'd quit looking for a church. We, we, we dropped out again. And I will tell you that I dropped out because I wasn't getting fed. And that's what we were looking for. We were looking at where can we get fed? And let me tell you something. Looking back on it, I realized how selfish that was. I was looking for something for me. Angel had heard about Hyde. And she asked, why don't we try that church? I wasn't feeling the passion to keep looking for a church. But she kept on me. I don't know if you realize this, but my wife can be very persistent. (laughs) And finally, she said, hey, I'm going to hide Wesleyan Church. If you want to go, you're more than welcome. I said, okay, I'll go. And we walked through the door that first day. And I will tell you that uh, I don't remember much about the sermon. I remember the first day we sat back in that back row as far back as we could. And we didn't know anybody. Saw a couple faces that I looked familiar. But I tell you what, that first day, from that first day, we were hooked on Hyde. It's what brought us to this church. It's what kept us here. And it's what brought us closer to the Lord. I remember about that sermon. There were people up here on the stage with cardboard signs. And it was the cardboard testimony, I believe. We didn't know what was going on, but we saw them walking through this door and coming up on stage. And I remember a couple of them. One was started out with party animal, and then they flipped their sign over and said, now rejoicing with Jesus. One said, grumpy. Then you flipped it over and said, not so grumpy. (laughs) It was testimony of how God has affected their lives. 
and change their lives. And Angel and I saw something real that day. We saw something real. We saw people making a connection. And it began a change in us. I will tell you that the first people, some of the first people we saw walking through the door, Nevin and Lori, reaching out to us, smiling, shaking our hands. How comforting that was, how welcoming that was for them to take time out of their life to say, hey, welcome here. Marge, coming over to our chair with that iron fist grip. (laughs) How you doing? Welcome. Who are you? What are you doing? What's, What's your story? Cindy Croft, coming up to us after the sermon. That very quiet, hi, how are you? And what's your names? Just asking us, being very welcoming. These two folks right here sat over in that corner where they still do today. And that's where we sat. And the reason why we came in and sat there was to hide. The reason why we stayed there was because there's a whole lot of love in that left side over there. I don't know what the right side feels like today. We haven't been over here yet. We used to make fun. We'd say, you know, one day, Pastor Bob, you're going to have to get us all up to introduce us to each other because... We all kind of sit in the same place. But just these guys, Michael and Patty's love, just always asking it. And the way they were with Jack, so friendly and and loving and caring. And what can I say? John, the first words out of his mouth, very blunt, John. Who are you? And you really, oh, wait a second, should I be here? But no, it's the fact that he was interested. And then we, we joined one of their Bible studies in the evening at their house and, and made a connection with those two that I'll never forget and it'll never go away. I will tell you how people affect people. We came to this church We weren't getting involved, but we were here, and we were listening. And I will tell you, once again, I don't remember Pastor Bob's sermon that day, but I remember the people that connected with us. And we were here coming to this church for a while, and it wasn't too much longer, but uh, it was, I guess it was a little while. But what really sealed the deal to get us moving forward was one Sunday, they began talking about Nevin Croft, who was going through some health problems, some health issues. And there was a point where they didn't think Nevin was going to make it. I don't know how many of you remember that day, and we're here, when the crowd gathered in front of this stage and prayed for Nevin. What was happening up here, the Holy Spirit, you could feel it. 
what was happening back there. Lives were being changed. I could feel the Holy Spirit in this church. I could see the love of the people that were up here. And you just knew something's going on here. It was the next day, I think it was two days later, I heard that Nevin was fine. A miracle had happened. Amen. What Nevin went through changed my life, my wife's life, my son's life, and maybe others. A few years later, a guy named Richard, who many of you know, kind of like my wife, very persistent. They announced that they're going to start a church church in Altoona. I'm like, oh, Richard, we're going to miss you. And I thought that, man, that this, he's so on fire. Well, you know what? You know, we're going to miss him so much. And a couple weeks into it, I went over to him and I said, Richard, I can't believe you're going to go plant a church and I'm going to miss you. He goes, well, you don't have to miss me. I said, why? He goes, because I think you should come along. And I said, what? He said, we're going to need help planting this church, and I've been praying about it, and I'm telling you, God has brought you your face in front of me so many times. And I'm like, God probably just is reminding you of me. He, I don't think he wants me to go to Altoona. <laughs> and he, he kept... He said, well, just pray about it. I'm like, yeah, I will. Not one time. I didn't want to go to Altoona. And every once in a while, every couple weeks ago, Pastor goes, hey, you've been thinking about Altoona? And I said, yeah, I've been thinking about it. Just way too busy, Richard. I said, you know, you know financially we'll, we'll, we'll help you, but as far as, you know, spending time over there, I mean, we're going to have to stay here because, I mean, who can change the slides? Who's going to change the slides? (laughs) These people won't know what to sing. They'll be all goofed up. Richard said, I'm pretty sure somebody will step up. I'm like, I don't think so. I was coming up with all kinds of excuses. He met us for dinner, uh, on a weekday, I think it was a Thursday afternoon, and we met in Phillipsburg, and this was after he was already over in Altoona, and he was doing some preliminary work there to get the church going. And he met Angel and I, and uh, that's when we gave him the word that, no, uh, our lives were way too busy for God wanting us to go to Altoona. Now, that's amazing because uh, I think about all the different things that I've, I've, I've attempted. I remember a Haiti trip that Pastor Bob asked me if I'd be interested in going on, and I, oh, yes, when is it? He said, February, and I'm like, yeah, February? I think it's pretty nice in Haiti in February. A lot better than it is here in Clearfield County. 
So I jumped right on that and said, yeah, I'll go to Haiti. And uh, I will tell you that it was purely selfishness, again. It was, I wanted to see Haiti. I wanted to, it was a trip to, you know, somewhere different. That trip didn't work out. My schedule wouldn't allow it. And then a couple, about a year later, it was China came up. Do you want to go to China? I'm like, yeah, I've always wanted to go to China. What are we going to do in China? And he said, mentioned something about doing this and doing that. And one thing he mentioned was we we're going to walk parts of the Great Wall. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to walk. But I signed up for the China trip. Once again, I'm telling you, selfishness. I wanted to see China. I wanted to see a different country. But I was not going to go an hour out of my way, two hours out of my way to Altoona. Why? I've already seen Altoona. (laughs) There was nothing in it for me. And I'm telling you, it was pure selfishness. And that day we had told Richard no. I said, we're we're not going to be able to help you uh, with our presence over there. Once again, Richard, very persistent, said, well, we have this summertime thing coming up for the kids. Angel, could you come over and just help us through that? She said, sure, I will definitely do that. And she went over. And every time she came back to our house, I could see her heart was breaking for these folks. And I'm like, she's going to want to go to Altoona. And there were some things going on. We had a family day at the, the park over there, at the Bell Park. And people were coming through, and we were giving them information on the church. So I went to that. There was a family fun day at the park, and I went to that. And my heart started breaking for these people as well. But I still wasn't going to Altoona. And then something just told me, Sam, how many times do I have to call you and knock on your door and ask you, when are you going to be obedient? When are you going to get over your selfishness? And are you going, and I started thinking, and it started, it wouldn't leave my head. And I told Richard, you know what? I don't want to make a commitment once again. Why? Selfishness. I didn't want to make a commitment. But I'll come over and we'll help you start this. And I had planned, let's do a month there. And I'm going to tell you that there are drag marks from Clearfield to Altoona the whole way. I was holding on, don't you take me. And once I got there, I was a greeter at the door, welcoming people to our church, my wife was running the children's ministry, and I'm going to tell you, it didn't take long to say, holy smokes, we found a new home. This is it. Our hearts were breaking for these people, and these people were coming in. These people were coming in saying, well, I don't want my, my kids to go down there yet because we don't even know who this Jesus thing is. What? There were people coming in, alcohol in their breath. Searching. And right away, we took them in. 
And a month became two months. And then one of the other folks over there, one of our great friends now to this day, who we just met through Overflow, when Richard said, how long are we all going to stay? And I was about to tell him, we're leaving in two weeks. And she said something that had been in my head for two weeks. She said, well, Richard, we've been praying about it, and I just, we're not going to put a time limit on God. And I went, but it hit me. And we said the same thing. We were there. And we went to Altoona Church. We, we became, they became our a family. We enjoyed it. We loved it. And then all of a sudden, God said, and I heard it. God was pulling me back here for some reason. And I was, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to hide. I really don't. I don't want to go to hide. I want to stay. I'm having, I'm, this is awesome. And then I just, it, it became overwhelming. And finally, I had to break the news to Angel. I didn't know how to do it. I said, hon, that's God's fault, not mine. She said, what? I said, I think we're being called back to hide. And she said, I think the same thing too. I've been wanting it. I didn't, I didn't know how to break it to you. I'm like, wow. We had a meeting with Pastor Bob two days later, and Pastor Bob said, you don't even understand how this answers a prayer. It all comes together. Get over your fear. God will take care of that. God will take and use whatever you have. You don't have to worry about that. The biggest thing we have to get over, I had to get over, was my selfishness for serving others instead of serving myself. I will go out of my way to see mountains and to fish in a creek and to see animals. I'll go hours out of my way, days out of my way. But I really had to be pulled to go two hours out of my way to Altoona. That's selfishness. Serving God by serving others, even in Mark. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life, life as ransom for others. Even the Son of God was called to serve, and that's what he did. He served. He wasn't just a teacher, a savior. He was a carpenter. He had a job too, didn't he? What was his main goal here? What should our main goal be? When I get to heaven, I don't think Christ is going to come up to me and say, how many safety classes did you teach? How many elk did you see? How many souls did you reach? How many souls did you reach? Were you obedient? How did the church start? After Stephen's death, after Stephen got stoned, for talking out on behalf of Christ. The church became persecuted. And Saul was there giving approval to his death on that day. A great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. That's how the church began. It didn't begin with pastors going out and preaching. It began with who? Folks going out and delivering this message. It's how the church began. 
Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city and proclaimed the Messiah is there. When the crowds heard Philip, they saw the signs he performed. They all paid close attention. We are the church. This is the church, but we are the church. We've been talking about this for years. Live sent. What's that mean? It means we have to live for that one goal is to increase the kingdom of heaven, to bring people to Christ. We all have jobs to do, and I'm not saying throw down your job and quit your job and go off and become a minister. There's lots of kids right here in this church that need reached out to. There's lots of folks in this church that need reached out to. After attending Overflow and all that, you all heard from John and Maggie Sholly last week, two weeks ago. That couple that had come to church never hearing about Christ, never even setting foot in a church before, and now they have not missed a Sunday since. I didn't even realize it until the Beast Feast this last year. We invited them over, and I love those two. We're great friends. But I said, I was so awesome when Steve, Stephen, 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 we didn't stone you. We're not going to. I was getting you confused. When Stephen was, was talking about you, the other day when he, when he was up on, on the stage talking about this couplehood has not missed a day. I said, I was just so awesome that you. She goes, and to think it all began with just you greeting us and loving us. And I was like, what? Well, that's why we, we were scared coming to that church. But you were a friendly face when we walked through that door. And I'm thinking, Wow. All you can do is love people. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have musical talents. If you can just love people and you're obedient to God and you want to just reach out to people with a cardboard sign, with a handshake, you can change lives. Paul, he went out of his way, didn't he? And he didn't have a nice Dodge pickup truck to ride around in back then, did he? That hour trip to Altoona is nothing compared to what folks have done. This quote I just found the other night, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say I used everything you gave me. God will take care of it. Get over the fear. I wanted to be fed, and that's what I was looking for. When God began to feed me, he also began to ask me, who are you going to feed? Who are you going to share this with? Somebody reached into the darkness and pulled me out. And now that I'm in the light, should I stand there and say, good luck? No, it's my turn to reach out. Don't be afraid to help plant a church. Don't be afraid to get involved. These folks, this church, I am so thankful for the folks who held up those cardboard signs, who reached out to my family, who just loved us. You are now entering the mission field. That's what our sign says. This is part of the mission field right here. 
it's going to take to reach those 290,000 people in our own backyard, in our mission field. It's going to take people serving people. And I encourage you and I challenge you to pray about it. Not like I did, but pray about it and get serious about fulfilling those goals of increasing God's kingdom. 290,000 reasons. Will you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to come together and worship you today. Lord, I thank you for this church and the folks in this church and all those who reached out and who continue to reach out for the praise team who spend extra hours practicing and being here before anybody else. For our pastors who don't work around the clock just to reach out to people. For the greeters, for the teachers, for the folks that come and cook meals to reach out to people. And I pray for those people who are sitting here today with maybe some fear, maybe some selfishness, Lord. I pray that you will have the Holy Spirit reach them like you had the Holy Spirit reach me. And I pray that when we leave this building, that we will go out into the mission field and remember what you did for us. And we pray that you will give us the passion and the courage to reach out to people. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you very much.